Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo on this Wednesday afternoon, live from the Auction Community Studios. Happy Wednesday to you, sons. It was not a happy Wednesday for the Suns last night. It wasn't happy Tuesday, I should say, for the Suns last night. It's been a happy night. month. It has been a happy week and a half, that's for sure. Yeah. Just a week ago. Let's see. They lost to the Mavs last Monday. They did beat the Spurs. They beat the Spurs last Sunday. And we, okay, they were first place in the West and they were surviving just fine without their guys and everything was just kind of moving along. And then they got blown out by Dallas and they got blown out by Boston. Then they lost to New Orleans and Zion Windmill dunked all over them on a Friday night. And they lost to New Orleans again. And last night, albeit missing a bunch of guys, they lost to the Houston Rockets. A team that, by the way, should be pointed out is not being the Suns twice this month. They've beaten the Bucks. They've beaten the 76ers. Yeah. They've won like five games in a row so far. And I'm not trying to, you know, give you the happy horse bleep when it comes to last night's loss, all right? It's, I'm not trying to do that at all. But trying to point out that the Rockets are playing a pretty decent brand of basketball, yes. and there should be some awareness. So they've that. got five straight home wins this month. They've got two wins against the Suns. They've got a win against the Bucks. They've got a win against the 76ers. So they're playing good basketball. I think they were very motivated last night with Steven Silas, with his father, Paul Silas, a former son, passing away. I think that they were very motivated to play well. They're a young, exciting, athletic team. And, you know, and even at getting Nick Gameless, I'm watching Eric Gordon. I'm like, I'm telling you, nobody's given up a first round draft pick for Eric Gordon. Like, I'm telling you guys, like, oh, they want a first round draft pick. Yeah, of course they do. You know? I want a villain like Como, but you know, it's just, you know, I might not get it. I hope so. I hope so. But like the, <laughs> Eric Gordon, you're not getting a first round pick for Eric Gordon. <laughs> That's gonna say. I'm not getting you, a mansion villa. You've got a better chance one. of getting a villa in Lake Como yeah, than I, I think the, the, the Rockets, Rockets do of getting a first round pick for Eric. Like, Gordon. He Eric Gordon play like he like he wasn't good yesterday. He wasn't good. Now I, I'm not saying he can't help a team. He can help a team, but nobody's giving up a first round draft pick for Eric Gordon. It's not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. So the the Suns right now and and look we we've had already a couple of conversations about the Suns about the loss about Chris Paul, all while acknowledging there's a lot of time left in the season, but we're working worried about Chris. We're worried about Chris Paul. We're worried about the Suns' status with Chris Paul. And, and if if Chris, if it doesn't come around for Chris, and Chris has indeed kind of hit the end, you know, what that means for the Suns and what it means this year for the Suns. And I, I think there's some really big picture ramifications. That does not mean the cupboard is bare. And, and The Ringer, a website we both like very much, does a really good job covering the NBA. I think they do a really good job covering a lot of stuff, but their NBA coverage in particular is extraordinary. Today they came out with what they call the NBA Ranked. Welcome to The Ringer's Top 100 Players in the NBA. A year-round, around-the-clock ranking of players making the biggest impact on the league right now. Throughout the regular season and into the offseason, our foursome of analysts will update this list based on recent results. Check back for revised rankings, fresh analysis, new features, fan letters from Ringer friends, family, and more. I like this idea because it's not like a fixed stage. It's not a set list, right? It's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing based off of what's going on around the landscape. And I liked it especially because they've got Devin Booker ranked very, very highly. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they've got three Phoenix Suns players in the top 50. They've got four in the top 56. And they've got five in the top 92. So let's go over these players and we can break them down after I go over them. Devin Booker comes in at number 11. 
one of the most, one of the game's most polished creators with the technique to get off any shot he likes and the patience to play great team basketball. Number 44, Mikkel Bridges comes in. No nonsense Iron Man on the wing, compliments everyone around him while assuming the toughest defensive assignment every night also can really shoot, although he couldn't last night. <laughs> Number 50, Chris Paul. Number 50, Pantheon point guard with impeccable skill and basketball acumen to dominate deep into his 30s, but now be at maybe, but now maybe at a turning point. But now maybe at a turning point. Okay. Yes. Number 56, DeAndre Ayton, gifted to a center, still working to claw his way out of the parameters that his team and his habits have made for himself. And then 92, ideal supporting piece, Cam Johnson, ideal supporting piece who's big enough to hold his own on defense while showcasing an outside shot that opponents can't ignore. So they go over all of these. It was a tremendous piece. It was really a tremendous piece. But Cam Johnson, 26 years old. DeAndre Ayton, 24 years old. Mikhail Bridges, 26. Devin Booker, 26. It's why I really still believe in window number two. Because you got four really good players, one superstar, three other really good players that are in there, that are young and in their prime. The outlier is the 37-year-old Chris Paul in his 18th season, and we're seeing him slow down. They still have Chris Paul rated highly but I honestly, I honestly, Bernsey, think that's more on reputation than anything else. You know what? And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this, too, is, yeah, they've got him rated highly, but not highly enough. And I know this is kind of somewhat of a repeat of something we've already talked about in the show, but maybe you're just tuning us in for the first time and you haven't heard us talk about this. I think that's part of the problem with the Suns, honestly, is that the gap between Devin Booker at 11 and Mikkel Bridges at 44. Had you done this ranking a year ago, let's say the ringer came up with this idea exactly one year ago or even two guys six in the months top ago. 20. They got two guys in the top 20. Two guys in the top 20. That, that, that's so kind that's of the a huge problem. problem. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the problem with this list is that Devin Booker is right where he needs to be. They're saying the right things. They're giving him the right amount of credit. But the gap between him and the next guy is too wide. The gap between him and who's ever second on this list on the Suns is too wide right now, I think, for them to be considered a true championship contender based off of what we know right now. Now, maybe, as they say, this list is fluid. Maybe Aiton keeps playing well and he moves up the list. Maybe Paul rediscovers his game and he moves up the list. If those things happen, the Suns can reestablish themselves as a title contender. We're talking about a snapshot moment in time right now. And that moment in time right now is telling us that the Suns don't have a number two on the team good enough to put them in that category. And that, I think, is the problem with this list. It kind of, it kind of just brings attention to the fact that the Suns don't have that dominant number two player on their roster right yeah. now. If you go, if you go look at um, rankings of players and stuff like before this season started, you know, you've got a very highly ranked Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul was very highly ranked. So, you know, that's where you look at it. I'm trying to see, like, they, they, you know, some of the rankings that had gone on before. But, you know, Chris was a top 20 player. So for him to have fallen that much to where he's 50th, and maybe he's, you know, and, and I think that's reputation alone, is 50. I, I think the other guys are probably where they need to be. Cam's injury history. So he's in the top 100, but not high because he's had a lot of injuries. Mikael Bridges is a really good player and to have Mikhail where where he is 
at 44. Solid number right there. DeAndre Ayton at 56. I think that's a good, I think all of the numbers are good. Even Booker being right, you know, right outside the top 10, mm-hmm. I think is fair. The one thing is that Chris Paul probably should, should be even lower than that. He yeah. should be even lower than what he is. Look, this time a year ago, this time a year ago, this time six months ago, Chris Paul had been named to the All-NBA third team. All right. There's only 15 guys that end up on the All-NBA first, second, or third team. Devin Booker was All-NBA first team. Chris Paul was All-NBA third team. The other guys that he was All-NBA third team with, Trey Young, LeBron James, Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, you're talking about stars right. in this league, right? I mean, like, and, and that's that's where the slippage of Chris Paul is being felt the most because the, the, the whole idea of this team competing was predicated on the one-two punch of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. What are you showing me here? What do you got? In September, before the season, before the season started, started, okay. The ESPN did their rankings of the, of the best players. In 2021, Chris Paul was number 13. Now, in September, right before the season started, they put him at number 21. Here's what they said. One huge question for 2022-23. Did the Mavericks series signal the end of Paul's dominant days? The point guard was diminished against Dallas, averaging 8.8 points, 6.3 assists, 2.8 turnovers, and four fouls in games four through seven as the Suns playoff run ended. At 37, entering his 18th season, the clock is running against him. So that's what they said. So, but but this is ESPN's ranking, and Dave McMinnon did the piece on Chris Paul, and they had him ranked at number twenty-one in September. Mm-hmm. So, from September to December, Chris Paul dropped twenty-nine spots from twenty-one to fifty. His play on the court has warranted that, right? But before the player on the court, they kind of went. They dropped yeah, they him from thirteen of, to twenty-one. Yeah, but they still had him in a very high category, right? Yeah. It's that's the problem. And anybody's watching, I mean, there's lots of problems with the Suns right now, but that's one of the main ones that's really been exposed. When we come back, there's been a lot that's gone wrong for the Arizona Cardinals this season. A lot. Who is the most worthy of blame for the troubles of this operation? It's a loaded question. We'll try to answer next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So if you missed it earlier, we talked about it during the show. Cliff Kingsbury meeting with the media today saying that Kyler will have the surgery sometime shortly after Christmas on his knee. He's going to do a little, I think they call it prehab, where before he even has the surgery, he's going to work out a little to kind of prepare the muscles in the area for the for what the surgery is going to be. I've so, never heard of that. I've never heard of that either. That was the phrase that he used. I got that off of Josh Weinfuss's Twitter account, covers the Cardinals for ESPN. Prehab. So the, uh, the there's some sort of physical work that he can do to sort of prepare himself. Colt McCoy met with the media today and said he went over to Kyler's house after the Patriots game, spent time with them. Um, you know, it, the, the organization still has four games to go before they put this nightmare season behind them. It is a nightmare season. It, it's just it's been a nightmare it's, year. It's I nightmare. Mean, we've made the point for a couple of weeks now. It's it's. I mean, the season's been awful. The year's been awful. I mean, there have been a few good things, of course. To come out of this season and this year, Zach Allen being one of them, there are others, but it's just been a nightmare. It's been to the point where we're four weeks away from finding out what exactly the Cardinals are prepared to do. There is no game 
Black Monday, the day after the final game, yes, is the day that everybody's got circled on their calendars. Because the, these four games, Kyler Murray's out, Zach Ertz is out, got so, too many guys are out. I mean, right now, I think that a lot of Cardinal fans will be in the same position I'm in. Man, give me the top five pick. Give me the best pick you can give me. Listen, I, I'm a fan of the team. I want them to do well. I, I want them to lose right now. Okay, I do. I want them to lose. And it's not a selfish thing. It's, 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 I want the Cardinals to have the best possible draft pick. I want them to get the number one offensive lineman in the draft or the number one edge rusher. Like, and, and not to miss on it. So for me, it's not about the four games and whether you win or lose a game or let's show signs and progress. I don't no, like this no, season's no, no. a waste, man. There's nothing. It's good. It's good. Good. That's going to come out of it. It's a, it was a train wreck of a season with all the injuries. I mean, no teams had more injuries than the Cardinals. They got to get healthy. They got to nail this draft pick. And we've they've got to make a decision on Black Monday whether they're going to move on from you know from the the coach and or hire a new one or keep Cliff and Steve and go on with what they have. That's the day everybody's got circled. Yeah, it, it, and you're right. There's nothing that's going to happen between now and then to change that. And there was a story this morning on SBDation.com. This the, is great. The Arizona Cardinals suck, and the men behind it got extensions. This mm-hmm. team is a mess, and these are the men to blame. And th- that's the headline, quote-unquote. Let's go one by one. Steve Keim, the most tenured man in the room. Steve Keim has been the general manager of the Cardinals since 2012. He's been Teflon when it comes to changes around him. For a team with as much mediocrity in its past, Time has somehow remained with the Cardinals since 1999, filling various roles around the front office and scouting departments until he worked his way to the Talks top. Talks about top. the good things he did. Uh, he was the NFL Executive of the Year in 2014. He did hire Bruce Arians away. They made the playoffs twice in his first three years when Bruce was there. But they also talk about the drafting and the, some of the problems that they've had with the drafting. And they say, look, from 2013 when he took over to today, there's been a fairly short list of guys who could you could hang your hat on and say they were a great pick. Tyron Matthew, DJ Humphreys, Josh Brown, Hassan Reddick, Buda Baker, Christian Kirk, Kylan Murray, as it stands pretty much. Outside of those guys, there is much, much longer list of players who are either out of the league or barely hanging on roster spots. So they talk a lot about that and then, you know, having to throw money at guys. And then also about, you know, letting good players go like Reddick and Christian Kirk. And I mean, there's finances involved in that that the article doesn't bring up, but that's what they talk about. And they say he's failed far more than he's hit. That's one they mentioned. Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, is the second they mentioned. We're now in the fourth year of the Cliff Kingsbury era, they write. And he's starting to look a lot more like Chip Kelly than Pete Carroll. It took the league four seasons to work out Kelly was a flash-in-the-pan coach whose offensive tendencies couldn't translate long-term. And Kingsbury is really giving off those vibes. Yeah, and they basically say, here's this guy this guy that comes in because he's got apparently this great offense and he's going to take the league by storm and he's you know going to innovate and He's going Arizona hasn't ranked top 10 in points during any of his seasons and they and their highest passing offense ranking has been 10th in 2021. So it says in a system that's supposed to be predicated by big passing plays, that's a problem. And it says to make matters worse, it became clear that Kingsbury isn't good at adapting on the fly when adversity's thrown his way. And clearly this team has had a lot of adversity. We don't need to go into all of it. But they mentioned that the team has not been able to, you know, 
overcome adversity. Adversity. They don't have a lot of fourth quarter comebacks and things like that. Are a knock on Cliff. They mentioned Kyler. Quarterbacks get the most credit and criticism. Truth is, they write Murray has regressed, but he hasn't nearly been as bad as you might think. I'll absolutely own that. I believed Murray was on track to become one of the league's elite passers based on markers we saw in advanced metrics. But there are some factors out of his control, and they talk about depth of target. They talk about yards being thrown downfield, play calling issues, and whether or not calling deeper plays. And of course, this is where the injuries kind of come into play too, because they haven't had their complete wide receiver and core out there. They haven't had their offensive line. But it's, you know, look, we all knew it when they all got extensions this time a year ago, less than a year ago, that Cliff and Steve and Kyler were all going to be the, 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 the trifecta that would either make or break this team. And it's broken this team this year this with those year extensions. Sure. And they, you know, the final piece was what should the Cardinals do? And it says, people may not like this, but this is what it says. There's an increasing sentiment that Arizona will stand pat this year because of Murray's injury, essentially bailing out Kyman Kingsbury. This would be a massive mistake. This season was over long before Monday night. and There are very few signs uh, that there will be a different result by completing uh, the same thing. It goes on to say... This is a pivotal moment for the Cardinals, and staying pat is the worst decision they could make. They so they're in favor of changes. They're in favor of changes and things that they can, that that they should do to try to change this. Look, last year they won eleven games and made the playoffs, but there were even signs last year, sure. especially with the oh, collapse yeah. at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. And I poorly played the Rams. Now we can say, look, you know, and Cliff took a team from three wins to five wins, that eight wins to eleven, and made the playoffs, and that's fine and dandy. That's all fact. That's a fact. You know, that that doesn't lie either. You know, they say the film doesn't lie. Well, the results don't lie. Three wins to five to eight to 11. They were supposed to make a step this year, another jump up. And we even talked about, well, what would be acceptable? Well, you got to at least win a playoff game. That was what we said. And you got to at least win a playoff game. Well, now they're going to have a top five pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Now, injuries have been a major, major factor. You can't ignore that. But you also can't use that as an excuse. Right? We can't ignore it, but you can't use an excuse. I know it's a fine line to walk, but it is true. It's been a lot of injuries, but that's why you've got big rosters. That's why you've got to have the proper depth. You've got to be able to overcome injuries and like things like that. They have not been able to overcome the injuries, especially on the offensive line. Fans don't care about injuries. No. They don't. No. Nope. You know, I mean, that's just that's the hard, cold kind of truth of it all is that fans don't care about injuries. Right. They're not going to sit there and listen to a bunch of injuries. Buffalo it, it, may not win the Super Bowl this year, and I think one of the reasons why is Von Miller's out. They got Von Miller to chase quarterbacks. Yeah. They got Von Miller for that reason. They may not be able to beat Kansas City now or beat a. They may lose in the playoffs when they were set to win it all this I year. Know. That Von Miller move was supposed to be a big move for them, and now he's out. But I don't know if fans care about that. I, I don't think fans in Buffalo care about that. Win. All they know is that they're been waiting for a Super Bowl forever, and they're going to keep waiting for a Super Bowl forever if the Vaughn Miller injury has the kind of impact that you're talking about. You can text us your thoughts on the Cardinals. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now, 620-620. Scuffling basketball team dealing with all kinds of issues. Suns president in basketball operations and GM James Jones. Is he actively looking for solutions? Our exclusive conversation is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. 
This week, that key decision maker is the key decision maker, James Jones, president of basketball operations and general manager of the Suns, for his now weekly visit here with us on the Burns and Gambo Show. And as always, we say good afternoon, James, and thank you for coming on for a few. You know we appreciate it. Yeah, man. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being with us. I want to first start off with the passing of Paul Silas, a, a former Suns player, a former Suns assistant coach. And then he was, you, you came a few years as a player after he had left Phoenix, but then he was with Charlotte and New Orleans and Cleveland and Charlotte again. So I'm sure you, your paths had crossed at some time. I thought it was very emotional last night to see Monty and, and Paul's son Steven hugging after the game. I thought it was very emotional. And you could see how much Monty cares about about Stephen and how much love there was for Paul Silas. I mean, well, you know, it's, it's crazy because even though he was he played years before me, um, when when I got into the NBA, you know, everyone knew who Paul Silas was, and and that if you played long enough, he made sure you knew who he was. Um, he had a genuine love for all all the players and all the coaches and everyone that that has anything to do with this game, um, and uh, genuinely was just a hum- uh, just a great human being. And it's tough when you see guys like him who who benefited from playing this league and did so many things, and then they pour their life back into it into the coaches and players that come after them. So, um, you know, he, he, that's another good one that we lost. And, and you know, our, our prayers and, and thoughts go to him and his family. Yeah, I, I, that was quite a moment last night between Monty and Steven when that game really was, was over. I, I got to imagine that was a that was a tough thing for Steven to coach through. And you could just see it on his face, how, how much that win probably meant and probably how much that moment meant for him. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough. That's the part of sports where um, for a moment you get a chance to just kind of forget where you are, but you can't forget those types of things. You know? So it's, you know, like we said, we, a lot of times it just puts things into perspective. You really relish and cherish the opportunities you have to play this game with the people who you who you love and respect. Uh, there's a there's a lot of games left. You guys uh, suffered your fifth straight loss last night. You're 16 and 12. No Devin Booker again. You're still without uh, Cam uh, Johnson and no trade for Jay. You've been very shorthanded. Uh, give me your impressions during this five game losing streak. Any reason to panic at all? No, nah, you can't panic. Um, you know, there we've had our chances in some of them, and some games we haven't had a chance. Um, you know, you can't get down to, to good teams early. And consistently, um, but you know it's been a struggle for us, and you know we don't make any excuses. You know we know that you know where we are. We're fortunate to have have started well, and uh, we're still in a good position. But you know there are a lot of areas where we can improve, and we need to improve. And you know that'll happen. But for right now, we just have to focus on being able to start games strong. You know, get Chris off to a good start and give ourselves a chance on the road. If Chris is no longer capable of being that number two guy, we've seen some great games by Mikhail this year. We've even seen some great games individually by DeAndre Ayton this year. But take me back to your playing days. How hard is it for somebody to develop into that that second guy consistently, to be that number two guy to Devin Booker? How hard is it for a young player to develop into that? I mean, it's difficult for for any player, um, but definitely for young guys. Um, but it's it's not something you can predict. You know, if, if they haven't been in that position, uh, they just have to keep hammering away at it, I and mean, you have to keep encouraging them and pushing them to do it. And and it'll it'll break. I mean, it, it takes it takes work ethic and desire to be that type of player. And Mikael has that. So with that, 
Um, I think he can be that. I think he's shown glimpses, uh, and we understand that we're not going to be able to rely on Chris every night uh, to be that, that number two guy and one of our guys, DeAndre or Michelle, step up. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. How would you rate your level of concern over Chris right now and how he's played in these four games since coming back from the injury? Um, I'm, I'm not concerned. There's this four games. Um, it's after being out for 15 games. You know, I, we expected him to have some some ups and downs, and he's had those. Um, but I'm I'm pretty confident tomorrow in L.A. Um, he'll be ready. He'll be locked in, and, and and he'll be playing well. As a former player, and now as an executive, is there a number of games in your mind that you you just sort of budget for? It's going to take him X number of games to kind of get back to where he needs to be, whether it's five or ten. Do, do you have that number in your mind? I mean, I think the way the season goes right now, you play every other day. I'm I'm expecting it's probably going to take you 10 to 14 days to really get back into a rhythm. So if, if I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him six six to eight games to really find his footing and his condition. Let's talk about defense because you guys uh, have been a staple. Defensively, it's one of the things that has keyed the run these last couple of years is the versatility you guys have defensively. It seems like defending the paint has been an issue for this team during this losing streak. Oh, it is. I mean, if, if you're not protecting the paint, um, you know, you give up second chance points, second chance opportunities. Um, it allows you, you know, per- teams to have a lot of space on the perimeter for three-point shooting. Uh, we just haven't been we haven't been fu- uh, fundamentally sound in those areas consistently, and uh, the stretches where we are doing it well allows us to claw back into games. But to start games and at critical moments, we just haven't been there consistently. And so, until you fix that, uh, this this game's filled with too many great offensive players. If you get down early, uh, it's really tough to come back. Are you happy with the level of physicality that your team is playing with right now? I think we're trying. I mean, it's I am. You know, we we're 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 beat down. We're we're under we're undermanned, undersized, uh, you know, fighting. You know, the last three three of the like two of our last a couple opponents, New Orleans, Boston, big physical teams, that's the way they play. Um, I thought the you know, Boston game and New Orleans game, we struggled. The second New Orleans game, you know, we played with more force. And so we have a ways to go, but you know, we, we're we're trending in the right direction. Um you know, as far as our, our ability and our willingness to, to compete with those those bigger teams. Yeah, that was a, a that was impressive. The second game against New Orleans, you guys really fought. You battled hard. It, it was a good game. You gave yourself a chance to win, as shorthanded as you were. I want to ask you if you have an issue with the way Friday's game against New Orleans ended, with the Nance dunk, and then uh, when they got the ball back with a one point two seconds left, Zion dunked it. There was a little scuffle afterwards amongst the players and and things like that. But you, as a former player and now a, a GM, do you did you have an issue with how they handled the end of the game? Um, people, different people have different, you know, takes on it. For me, you know, I think as long as the clock's going, the game's going. Um, you know, you can you can choose to to take the air out of the ball, not take a shot. You can go and you can you can score a bucket. Um, it's really irrelevant. At the end of the day, if you win the game, you don't care if they score. If you lose the game, you just lost by two more points. I try not to make a big deal out of uh, out of actions that are actually legal. James Jones, our guest on the Burns and Gambo show for his weekly segment. All right, given where you are injury-wise, if, if it's all right, I'd like to ask you a couple questions about the guys and, and where you think they might be in terms of their ability to play. Do you think you're going to have Devin Booker back tomorrow night? 
Um, you know, I mean, we're hopeful Devin can go tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll see with him. And as far as DeAndre and, and Cam, who, you know, banged up last night, they're still going, they're un, going under evaluation. So uh, hopefully we get a little more clarity with, with them in the next couple of hours. Okay. So with them, you, it's still kind of unsure, but with Devin, you're hoping tomorrow. Where are things with Cam Johnson right now? How is he feeling? How is he doing in his comeback? And has anything really changed the timetable for his return potentially? No, it hasn't. His, his, his timetable is uh, what we set it out early. So one to two months, and that was about a month yeah. ago, give or take. So maybe another about five, about five, five weeks, weeks ago. Five weeks ago. So you're still on about a, another three weeks or so is when you're expecting Cam. Is when you're hoping, I should say, Cam might yeah, be back for you that's, guys. That's the hope. Okay, and, and he's, he's doing well. So. James, you were a part of a lot of good second units. Uh, played a long time in the NBA. Good role, good role player. Played on great teams. When I, when I when I look at the way the second quarter started for you last night, Damian Damian Lee, he's new. Koji, he's new. Biz wasn't here last year to start this season. Ish Wainwright, you know, was a guy who didn't get a lot of play in time. And yet Cameron Payne, uh, you know, they, they had a big thirteen nothing run in that second quarter. How long does it take for a group of players that really doesn't have, uh, you know? the cohesiveness of playing together to really start to gel and figure each other out? Um, I mean, I would say it it usually takes, um, you you just need consistent minutes. If that's, you know, five, six games with a consistent group, um, you know, it's not complicated. When you come off the bench as as a player, you're just trying to execute the game plan, not make mistakes and play with energy, right? You know, you'll play six to seven minutes max together. And that's a, that's an effort group, and so as, as long as our guys are in sync and they're they're playing hard, I think energy feeds off of each other. And you know, it's uh, when you're when you're a primary ball handler, like if you're a campaign, it may take longer because you're setting the table for everyone. But for the rest of those guys, you know, Biz, Josh, they just come in and, and they just get to their spots and they play hard, and and, and they're usually positive when they do it. James, as always, you know we appreciate the time and the conversation. Thank you for stopping by for a few minutes. We always look forward to it. We'll talk to you next week, okay? All right. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, James. You got it, James Jones. Sun's back in action tomorrow against the L.A. Clippers. You got the injury update just a second ago from James when it comes to all of that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we can safely look at next season when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, as always, part of that is going to be the drafts, the latest mock drafts, the latest draft positioning. We'll talk about all of that when it comes to the Cardinals next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sometime during the third quarter of Monday night's game, I got I'm in this text thread with a bunch of friends of mine. You are? What's the what's the thread called? The Arizona Sports Commiserators. The Arizona Sports Commiserators. Yeah, we just get together and we commiserate about the state of Arizona sports. It's been a very busy text thread the last couple of months. I'm sure you haven't had to update that name in years. We, we named it, yeah. somebody named it that like a year ago, and it's really stuck because there's just all sorts of things. You guys have any group names that you're involved with, all your friends? Oh, 100%. Wait, what's it called? One is called Swag Attack. Swag Attack. Okay. And the other one is called The Mad Lads. The Mad Lads. The Mad Lads. What's that for? So the four of us that are in this particular chat, we all used to live together in a house that we leased, and we were the Mad Lads at the Rad Pad. 
<laughs> so it stuck. Wow. How about you, Eric? Uh, unfortunately, no swag chats or mad lads no. over here. I'm a solo tech. No friends. Oh, no friends. No friends. No friends. You have no friends. Just, uh, yeah, it's just a fiance. He's got a fiance. I got mine, but I, I don't think loves, I can say yeah. mine. Can I? No, you cannot I say that say on the th- air. No, no, you I can't cannot. say the name of my group. No, you can't. Don't yeah. think about it. You can't say it. Okay. I'm here to tell you right now that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and nine of us in this group. Yeah, but based of off us. of what you've told me about the people in that group, yeah. the name is very appropriate. The name is very appropriate. Yes, the name is very appropriate. Yeah, so I have a group chat. So that would be a great question. <laughs> uh, that would be a great, like, Twitter poll. Like, what is the name of your group text with all your friends? Couldn't really do a poll. It would be like an open-ended, yeah, open-ended like, Twitter question. Like, yeah. Give me some of the names of the, the group threads you I have. I got you, Gambo. I, got I like you. that. I like that. I'm going to retweet that. Okay. So on the uh, Arizona Sports Committee, Commiserators. I got, a, Sports I, commiserators. I, I got a text from a friend of mine who said, you know, Dave, I think on your show, you can probably start talking about the NFL draft. Let's now do it, want. baby. This, this was like right in the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> okay, it's draft time. Yeah, and, ready. And, just, and I was thinking, I was making a cup of coffee in the back. Just, just before we do real quick for 30 seconds. Yeah. I hate that we're doing this. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm really... I, I know we shouldn't I, be. Yes. I hate it, okay? You know, but you know what it means. There's a quarter of the season left, okay? Oh, I, I hate it. It's like a double-barreled shotgun of hate. Mm. I hate it for two reasons. Number one, I hate it because there's still a quarter of the season left. Right. Number two, I hate it because there's a hundred things that's going to change between now and when the actual draft is that make it almost impossible. Yeah, the Cardinals to are going to get an even better position. Right, I, I mean... We, it makes it almost impossible to predict what the Cardinals are going to do in the draft because there's so we don't know who's going to be making the pick. We don't know where they're going to be picking. We don't know what they're going to do in free agency. We don't know nothing. We don't know. We we don't know what. So I hate. Really? Do you feel? Because I don't know if I feel that way this year. About what specifically? The Cardinals are taking an offensive lineman in the first round of this draft. What if they get a bunch in free agency? They're get, they're drafting an offensive lineman in the first round of this draft. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I'm I glad feel, you've got certainty no, about like that. You I don't write, have certainty about write that. Write this down, Mitch. On December 14th, like, I feel really confident. They have to draft an offensive lineman. I, I, like, I, I think you're right, a, but I don't know that you're right. Right, I, but really, like I, I think you're so right, many, but I don't know that you're right. So many things can change, and maybe they do. But man, does it not seem like it's like like it sticks out like a sore thumb? They it's, they need to draft an offensive lineman. It's past time for them to spend good draft capital on good young offensive linemen. They haven't done it. In now forever. the only other thing they could do is you could trade down to get more picks because you're going to be in a prime position for a team that wants to move up and get a quarterback. Sure. So if you're sitting there at four or five and somebody calls you and says, look I'll give you my first this year, my second this year, I'll give you a first next year. I've got to think about that. I have to think about it. Um, but man, if I have the chance for the best offensive lineman in the draft, I don't know that I can do it. You want to spice things up? Get a lunch bet on this? You want to take an offensive lineman? I'll take the field. You get an offensive lineman, I get everything else. Every other scenario. Literally every other scenario. Well, I would not do it if there's a I would not do it if there's a trade down. Okay, so you don't want to make a bet. Unless there's a if they keep the pick, I'll make the bet. If you want the trade down, I'm not giving it to you. You would have to be like, if they keep the pick, I'll take the field, and I'll take an offensive lineman. And then when they don't draft an offensive lineman, you could lose your mind. Because what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, 
Yeah, I would not. I would there's not. There's one other position I, do think, I think, they think they could take. There's one other position I, I yeah, could edge totally rusher. see them taking. There's two other positions I could totally see them taking. Tight end. <laughs> Inside linebacker. What the hell? Do it again, right? I mean, why not? You've only done it three times in the last five years. Let's make it four out of six. Let's have some fun. No, uh, edge rusher or corner. Okay. Well, then I would give you the field as long as it's not a trade. Because if you trade back, I, who the hell knows? If they keep their pick, they're taking an offensive lineman. Bob Lugas, we got a bet here. There you, Make go. It there, you go. there you go. Make it so, Mitch. But that's why you're saying like so many things can Make change. So. They're going. They're not going to win any of these games. No, I don't mean that. I don't like, mean that. They may no, win no, 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 one. no, no, no. I don't mean that. I, when I say things can change, I don't mean that. I mean what number they're drafting at will change because right now it's what sixth. I think based off of the the standings, I think there's six. Who's doing the picking can change. What they do in free agency can change. Do they trade down? Now I know that's exempt from the bet, and I make that put that out in the notes. The draft, that's, the draft is before free agency. No, it's not. The free agency is before the draft. Wait, the draft? What's the start of free agency? The new league year always starts in March. The draft oh, free agency right, starts right. in the middle of March. What am I thinking? I don't know. That but was Baba Lugas, yeah. we got a bet. Okay. Free agency starts. Free agency starts. It's the right, NBA right, where the draft is. March sixteenth. It's the yeah, NBA. I was. Yeah. Th- I must have been thinking NBA. You know what? Honestly, it's the holiday spirit. You want to undo the bet? No. Oh, no. Sure. No. They're drafting an offensive lineman. Okay. Because that's what I'm saying. Free agency could change the whole equation. If they don't, they're like we should all like you know do <laughs> do what pitchforks and torches and go <laughs> go storm the facility. Let's storm the facility. <laughs> if they don't, we should we should get on storm Twitter and yell about it. You know, okay, we do that. Start already. a revolution. Seriously, I'll take a we picture of Michael Bidwell's office. <laughs> we want We're gonna go out there with our like we're on strike or something. Like we're gonna be circling the facility with our. What signs. do we want? What? Offensive linemen. When do when we do want, we want them? them now? Okay, can, can, we just, can we just be honest? Sure. Because we've been lying this whole time. Yes. Would you be shocked if they didn't take an offensive lineman? No. No, no I wouldn't. You wouldn't be shocked. No. I wouldn't be shocked. No, I wouldn't be shocked. Do you think that that's what they need the most? Yes. But when when his what you're saying ever jived up with what he's saying? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they need an offensive line, but they also need a young corner. Justin Pugh, they, they need a tight end with Rodney Hudson. They desperately need a young edge rusher. Desperately. Yeah, there's all there's tons of stuff they need, tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, but well, they thought when they drafted that tight end, okay. they were getting Travis Kelsey. Here's, they said they here, got Kelsey from Friends. There are certain <laughs> Kelsey from Friends. Is that guy's name Kelsey Grandma? It's Frazier. 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 Yeah, but he wasn't he on Friends at some point. He was yeah, on he, Cheers. 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 That's what it was. Cheers. Well, it's been a rough segment for you. It's been a rough segment for me. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go where nobody knows your name. <laughs> this has been yeah. rough. Drafts before free agency. Get your friends. Frazier. Cheers. References. All right. Mixed and up. you want to go with what the what what McShay said? Yeah. Go with what McShay okay, said. Okay. Let's go with what McShay said. What did he say? I thought you had it in front of you. No, I, I mean, mean you, you transitioned us to it. I do. Uh, so McShay no, I, got, I got it right here. He, I got it. Okay, yeah, so defensive I. lineman, defensive tackle, Brian Brees okay. out of Clemson. Okay. Saying with J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, both free agents after the season. Of course, Zach Allen's going to get re-signed. At least he better. Uh, Brees is an incredibly talented run stuffer with his length. He's got defensive tackle. I'm going to save all these mock drafts this year. I always say I'm going to do it. I never every do. Year. Every year I say it. Every year. I want to like save them all. Well, back in December, he had him taking Brian Breesy, and then he had him taking this guy, and then 
Brady had him take taking that guy. Here's the thing. He's got him going with a defensive tackle, which like, would not be a bad pick either, but they need an offensive well, lineman. And that's, the, and that's where you can, that's why I feel good about the bet, because you could make an argument they need a defensive lineman. You could make an argument they need an edge rusher. You could make an argument they need a corner. Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, they're not taking a defensive player. They're taking a lineman. I don't see, I don't think it's that. Simple. Two of the last three I, drafts they've taken. I know. I just don't players. think you can draw a line in the sand and say defense or offense. Well, they've gone defense the last couple, so they're not going to do it again. I, I, I don't. Their, their defense. It's not like their defense has been great this year. No. You know, it's not like pressure on the quarterback has would, been virtually think, non-existent. I, just I would think, think about trading down if I can oh, get a plethora of oh. picks. If I'm if I'm in a position where somebody wants a top five. Oh. See, now uh, on that, you pick, and I are... I would, that's why I won't make the bet if there's a trade down, because I would think not, about trading down. There, there's not. There, we, we've made it trade down. No trade down it, list. It, it, is, it, is, Void, it voids it is, the it deal. It voids if there's a trade. It voids the deal. But if they end up with a top five pick, I want them to trade down. Trade down and get lots and lots what and lots you, of picks. What, what if you pass on the best offense? What if you pass on Terrell Suggs mm-hmm. to go get Bryant Johnson and who was the other guy? Calvin Pace. Calvin Pace. Isn't that right? <laughs> Four o'clock. It's time to reset the show. The top sports stories of the day are coming up next. There's a lot to hit on coming up on the Birds and Gambo show.